Hey Amarillo, I'm Jason Boyette, and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. Hey Amarillo is sponsored by Bivens Point, a wellness community that offers rehab and recovery services, long-term care, and the BeFit Outpatient Therapy Clinic for senior adults. When it's time to help your parents or grandparents make rehab or nursing care decisions, turn to Bivens Point. BivensPoint.org, and that's point with an E. Today's guest is Abhishek Sonkar, the general manager of the Amarillo Club. I wanted to talk to him for a couple of reasons. First, he's only been in the United States since 2014, and all of that time has been in Amarillo. He grew up in northern India and went to school in Scotland and came to the United States expecting Amarillo to be a temporary stop. It turned into something more. Second, the Amarillo Club is a decades-old institution. It's located at the top of the highest building in the city. It's prominent, but it nearly shut down in May due to some financial difficulties. Abhishek, or Abby as he likes to be known, is in charge of helping it return to its former glory. So we talked about the status of the Amarillo Club, about Abby's background, and what it was like for him arriving in Amarillo for the first time. Abhishek Sonkar, welcome to the Hey Amarillo podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you. It's my pleasure. All right. So I want to talk about, obviously, about the Amarillo Club and what's happening there and its history and that sort of thing. But before we get to that point, I want, want to hear about you, how you ended up in Amarillo, how you ended up in the United States. So tell me, tell me your story. So I pronounced my name Abhishek Sonkar when I came to the United States. Nobody could say my name. Including <laughs> so, me. It took me several, several tries. So, so. I've made life easy for everybody. Call me Abby. Okay. okay. Abby it is. Abby it is. So yeah, um, I had a very interesting phase of life. Um, born in India in a very, very small town in the foothill of the Himalayas. It's called okay. Missouri. So when you open the door, you can see the Himalayan range right in front of you. And that's, n- that's northern India. That is correct. Okay. Right under Nepal, right. right over there. It's a beautiful town. I'm born there. My dad was a school teacher. I worked for the government in the education department. And he raised us and me and my brother. I'm very fortunate. My mom and dad they live in India right now. So I've always wanted to do something. I've always been a kid that wanted to not sit on a desk and look at the computer or not be a science. I'm, I'm not that, you know. My family owned a restaurant, my cousins, and I used to go and work in a restaurant every when I finished school. That got me into the hospitality part of, of studying. So my dad, this is unbelievable. This is a real story. My dad one day was like, what do you want to do? In India, it's a pressure. It's pure pressure. Either you have to be an engineer, you have to be a doctor, or you're nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad was like, what do you want to do? I said, I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused. So one day he had a pair of trousers, pants, He's like, can you take, take it to the tailor shop and get it fixed? And so I walked down the street and I took the tailor and he's fixing it. And I'm, I just grabbed the newspaper. And I was like, can you give me that newspaper? I'm just going to read it. So I grabbed the newspaper and it says, be a hospitality leader, dynamic leader. And I just stuck my mind. I said, and it was an advertisement for a college. Okay. That college said, we are going to make you leaders for tomorrow. And you have to, but there was certain criteria to get into that college. Not everybody could get in there. And they said, if you do well here, we're going to send you to Scotland. Fabulous. So I was like, it's a tailor shop. I was like, give me that scissors. So I cut cut it and I took it and I told my dad, this is what I want to do. So he's like, okay, call the college, what the fee structure is, blah, blah, blah. Went there. Fee was a little bit too high. My dad couldn't afford it. Took an education loan, which was hard to get at that time. My dad had a house. He had to put the house documents to the bank. Mm -hmm. 
to get money for me to go and study there. Wow. So that's a big risk then. It right? is a big risk. He literally put his whole life in, in, in my hands. So I went to the college. It was you had to sit in the train for thirty two hours from my place to get to that college place. In Kolkata, it's the second most popular city in the world. When I went there, it was unbelievable. I'm from a small town and it was unreal. So anyways, started studying in that college. It's called Indian Institute of Advanced Management, Hospitality School. Big eye-opener. Started studying hospitality. Next thing I know is you have to be in the top 10% to go to Scotland. Next thing I know is after two years, my dad had to take more loan to send me to Scotland to study. But then uh, I was there and went to Edinburgh Napier University, lived in Edinburgh for four years and uh, graduated uh, in BA in hospitality management. I was the best student of the year, best performing student of the year. Another two awards, Dr. Subarna Bose Award, I was in my class when I graduated in Scotland. Was that your first time to leave India or had you traveled outside? No, that was my first time. We were four of us. We had never got in a plane. And it's the scariest moment and come to the western part of the world. It's a big eye opener. It's a right. cultural difference. It's it's everything, your lifestyle. It's it's a huge change. It's a huge change. And us, we were just uh, we were just new buddies and we finding a new apartment to live, finding a new place to live. You have new currency in your hand. You have new right. people around. They look different. There's new food in front of you. There's everything. So you have to start. And it is a big the university had 15,000 students from all over the world and it was unreal and I had the best time of my life. I joined every single club and was there in the university, hockey club, this club, that, mm-hmm. because I was adventurous. I wanted to, why not, you know? So while you were doing that, what did you think would be the outcome? Did you intend to go back to India? Did you think, okay, I've gone somewhere else, maybe I'll, I'll want to do this someplace else? Well, my whole ultimate point is was at that time to build my own business. Okay. You know, as an entrepreneur, you know, I was wanting to start my own kind of business. But then I got steps and I started getting promoted and I started taking more responsibilities. And I liked wearing a suit and a tie and talking to people and things kind of that was like, all right, I want, maybe I need to do this, you know. And I did not think that do I need to go back to my country or do I need to stay here? That was not really a decision I had to make. And I just wanted to enjoy what I'm doing. And um Meeting people, talking to people, making them hospitable, that was my ultimate goal in whatever sector I did. I worked from a restaurant to a nightclub to a stadium to a hotel. And I started my career in Scotland. I used to work in a very small hotel right across from the Scottish Parliament. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was a waiter there. And um, uh, my first boss, his name was Jonathan. He was from Ireland. And Adam, he was from Newcastle, England. So it was a good good experience. And... uh, the Scottish First Minister, Alex Salmon, used to come there all the time and take care of the VIP. So I, I got very good hands-on training in my early career. Started pr- getting promoted and, and yeah, I'm here. So at, at what point did you make the jump from Scotland to the United States? I mean, when, when did you head west? So I was working in Scotland. I graduated and then the company that I was working with, they asked me to go and work in another golf resort in Scotland right outside Edinburgh. We hosted the Open 2013, the golf championship, and it was a big, big, big experience for me. You know, it was awesome. And then I did that, and then I went back to India, and uh, whatever money I had saved, again, entrepreneur, I was there at the time. I went back, and I talked to my dad, and we started a new business. Okay. We started a new business there. I designed, there was flat line. I took the measuring tape, measured it. This is how we're going to do it. Did that for 10 months. Business was up and running. And I was like, Dad, you can manage this. I think I can do a little bit better. I think I can achieve a little bit more. I think I want to experience a little bit more in life. He was like, what do you want to do? 
I think I want to go to the United States. Okay. He's like, why? I said, I don't know. I just feel the United States is is um, in this world. United States is a big part. You know, you cannot, you know. And and I was like, I want to do that. Why not Australia? Why not South Africa? And I said, no, I want to go to the United States. He was like, okay. So I applied with the Marriott. They hired me. They brought me here. They gave me for a project in Amarillo. I had no idea mm-hmm. where I was going. There was Amarillo, Texas. My dad was like, are you sure you want to do this? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, we can work here. And I said, no, 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 no I want to go. <laughs> and then uh, next thing I know is I came to Amarillo. The general manager at that time, he picked me up from the airport. At 22nd of March, 2014, I still okay. remember. At the Rick Hudson Airport, he picked me up. And uh, yeah. So most people around the world I've found have heard of Texas. Probably not necessarily Amarillo. Is that true of you? I mean, did you have an idea of what Texas was or anything? Or were you... I thought... I would see horses on the street and yeah. there was no <laughs> cabs and <laughs> it, it it sounded a little Texas was more country than it you know in in a sense that it's all it is country but in a different sense you know mm-hmm. but did not hear Amarillo whatsoever did hear Dallas did hear Rose Houston did hear Austin San Antonio uh, but not Amarillo never tell me about your impressions of the city when you first arrived here in March of 2014 I was uh, skeptical in the beginning, you know, as all everybody is. And a new place you go, it's just, and I was like, it took me about two months to, to, to study the place, to understand what's going on, to understand the people, to understand the cause life, you know, yeah. accent. <laughs> <laughs> so, couldn't hardly understand anybody when I got here. Okay. <laughs> Texas accents are not anything like Scottish accents, for sure. And then yeah. coming was, from India, too. So there, yeah. there's definitely a difference. And then um, the, the first impression was, let me do this here and let me get out of here. Okay. And that was it. That's the whole thing I was saying. But, I mean, at that time, I had, didn't know anybody in Amarillo, didn't know the people. I knew zero people when I came to Amarillo, Texas. But then as time moved on and I came to know people, my view changed, my perception changed, my decisions changed, and I'm here in 2018. I came here in 2014. Yep. There's a pretty strong Indian community here. Did you get connected with other people that shared the same background or were you, you know, just within the hospitality industry? Yes, I met a few Indian people here. They share very common goals and uh, mindset that all Indian people have. And it's good to see they have a, they own a lot of motels, right? Mm-hmm. Besides I-40, a couple of them own the Indian restaurants here in town. So I have met a few of them, but I'm not that close, but I'm close to a couple of families. And okay. that's, that's about it. I, I work a lot, so I don't get a lot of time. My parents are always pushing me to go and meet other Indian people, but I just feel a little too busy. <laughs> Tell me about if, if if initially you thought you might be here temporarily yes. in Amarillo. Yes. Was there a point where you made a decision that it's going to be longer than that? Or do you still see it as maybe a temporary thing? So I came to Amarillo and I started working for the Marriott. And then after that, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this here and I'm going to call it a day. And somebody talked about downtown Amarillo. There's the Amarillo Club and you need to go and visit that place. Thing you you belong you need to work there and I said I don't know anybody there I, I don't know if I want to be here but then I got a call from the club from the recruiting agency that they're looking for somebody for the club and I came here met the board met the general manager and they hired me and I said let me see how this goes six months I'll give six months and as soon as I started meeting people in Amarillo starting getting connected my decision just went in vain 
What was that initial position at the Amarillo Club? I was the food and beverage manager. Okay. And they wanted somebody to take care of the members, make them feel hospitable. That's what I wanted to always do and take care of them and made them feel welcome, hospitable every time they came here to the club. And that's what the board hired me to do. And I, I think I delivered on that uh, in my first position I was hired at the club. And then so recently you were promoted to general manager of the yes. club. And I know that that sort of accompanied a, a lot of... A lot of news articles, a little bit of drama about what was going to happen with the Amarillo Club. It's an institution here, yes. you know, so people are interested. So I was hired as a food and beverage manager, then I was promoted assistant general manager last year. So I did that for a year. Now I'm general manager. Uh, coming back to the club, the club has seen a roller coaster in the last three months, to say the least. We closed our doors. We did not close the doors. Let me, let me, let me rephrase myself. The board decided to dissolve the club. And they needed a vote from the members. The board cannot shut down the club. This club is owned by the members of the Emerald Club. Right. The board decided to dissolve the club and take a vote from the members and let them make the decision. We had a meeting and the members decided not to close the club. They decided we need a private dining club in this town. Every well-doing economic city in this country has its private club which people are proud of, people support, people, um, anybody comes out of town, the first place they take is the city club or whatever because they want to show Emerald. And for here, we are very fortunate for this view. What other best place you have than you want to have somebody coming from San Antonio? Right. I want to show you Amarillo. Come to the Amarillo Club and you can see the whole Amarillo from there. East, west, north, south, whichever direction you want to look at, it's right up here. So we've had a roller coaster. Um, the members decided not to close the club. A group of members decided to put more uh, finance in the in the club and open it up, and uh, they wanted to change things. And one of the changes they made was the management changes, and hence I was promoted as a general manager okay. to take in charge and take this club forward. Tell me about some of the ways that the club needs to change uh, in order to... I guess to meet the goals, you know that that you have at this point. Is it in terms of increasing the membership? Is it I mean, what what does that look like? Any private club lives on the membership. The membership. We at one point we used to have sixteen hundred members here at the Amarillo wow. Club. That's a lot of members. That's awesome. Was I that was, like twenty years ago? I mean, how long was, ago was that? That was eighteen years ago. Sixteen hundred members, and a lot of members tell me about that stories, but. Um, our goal is to get the young professionals, young people up here at the club. That's that's the that's my ultimate goal. And that's what I've been working on, the memberships and all that kind of stuff that young professionals are welcome. I want to, and the other thing that I want to change is the perception. People think it's too expensive to be a member of the club. It's too expensive to go up there. It really is not. I promise you right now, if you come and talk to us, if you have a tour of the club i will personally give you a tour of the club come and talk to us perception is is something but reality is the other thing it's not that expensive it's not that it's just for certain uh, you know citizens of the society it's not it's right. for everybody it's the emerald club it's open to anybody who is a citizen in this town to become a member at the club you fill an application we'll take it to the board we'll get you on board yeah Tell me about some of the challenges with talking to that younger generation, because I know it's something that country clubs are dealing with, that private establishments like the Amarillo Club are dealing with. When you have, say, a millennial generation, you know, who don't necessarily have 
the money that older generations have who don't necessarily have the same mindset? I mean, what hurdles are you having to get over in, in terms of reaching them? I think uh, one of the challenges that has been, again, you just, uh, you just started that, is the millennials, that's including me, uh, don't want to be tied to something, don't want to be, I'm a member there, I have to go there. It's that perception which is there. The millennials don't want to be tied to something and that's one of the challenges we are facing. But what we are presenting is it's not just a dining facility, it's a networking facility. It's a it's a place where you meet best friends forever. It's a place where you do business. It's a place where things happen. And that's the environment I'm trying to make here at the club. Yes, the younger people don't want to get tied to something, as I said before. But it's it's the older people that we've had so much in the past. Some of them are passing away. Some of them are moving. So we have to replace those members. Right. That's, that's the biggest challenge we have. As you seek to sort of transform the club in terms of its perception and its membership, are you are you changing anything here? Like, is there any anything new that's going to be happening here? So uh, because we are a dining club, it's a dining is one of the amenities we have for our members. Food has to be the best, and in terms and taking that forward, we just hired a consulting chef. He's going to be coming from Dallas. His name is Chef Trey Wilcox. He was on Top Chef two okay. times, and he has his own catering business. He was voted the best chef in Dallas for three years in a row. So he is a very, very talented chef, and we are very, very excited to have him here at the club. He'll be a consulting chef, training our staff. He's going to be redoing our menus. He's going to be bringing that jazz up to the food that's going to set the Emerald Club apart from other food establishments in the city. And I, I want to talk a little bit, as, as much as you know, about sort of the history of the Amarillo Club and the role that it has played here. You know, we've talked about the older generations and how important it was from a networking angle, but but there have been family members after family members, legacies of generations that have been members of this club. Yes. I mean, I talked to some of the members. Some people were crying the last day we were dissolving the club. They were crying because... This club has so much memories. This club was formed in 1947. We're in 2018. So many, 71 years of excellence. This mm -hmm. You cannot write Amarillo's history without the Amarillo Club. With so many years. Members have had their generations, birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, funerals. I mean, you name it. They have been part of their lives. Amarillo Club has been part of their lives, you know. And and people are just... Some, some of the members regard this as their second home. They want to come here, they want to eat, they want to socialize, they want to sit with their friends. They just want to drink wine and talk about everything in this world for two hours and just sit on this favorite table, table nine, which mm -hmm. they've sat for the last 25 years, you know. And that's because you sit in a house in a certain chair at a certain angle. That's what they do here as right. well. And it's it's very, very loving to see that. It's very, it's it's phenomenal in my opinion, you know. Do you see, uh, in terms of the goals that you have and, and trying to keep the club going, you feel pressure as a general manager? I mean, is, is this something that you feel pretty positive about? Or how do you, how's that it's a little uh, bit psychologically of work for you, I guess? It's, it's a little bit of everything. It's, it's exciting, first of all. It's, um, it's awesome to be part of some big uh, historical project, in my opinion. It's not just a dining place. It's, to me, it's, 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 it's establishment where things happen. Things happen at the Emerald Club. I've seen, I have seen people come here and I've been like, hey, Brandon, this is Kyle. Kyle, this is Brandon. And next thing you know it, they've just made a business deal. Right. I've seen it right in front of my eyes. I promise you right now. 
So it's not just a dining establishment. It's a place where things happen, you know. Uh, yes, I'm excited. It's challenging. But hey, what's not challenging in life? Everything is challenging until you right. take it, you know. <laughs> I, I, I want to ask you, just based on interactions you've had with people, you know, having been here now for four years, what have you learned about Amarillo and about Amarillo people just based on interacting with the people who come into the club or, you know, when you're at the Marriott? Let me put it this way. Amarillo is not a city. It's a community. In my opinion, it's a community. It's a community where, um, self-sustained community. Okay. That's the way I put Amarillo. Self-sustained community. I think the people make this town up. I think the people who want this town to do well are willing to do whatever it takes to make it happen. Yes, it's so easy to for some people to, to leave everything and go to a big city and start experiencing all of that. But it's a different thing when you're here and make it happen, be a part of it. The grass is always greener on the other side. Right. But then, in my opinion, the grass is greener where you water it. You know, <laughs> So uh, it, it's so easy to, to, to say, hey, everything, go to Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, New York, whatever. But then be a part of it. And that's what I want to be, part of Amarillo and, part, and one of the ways is being part of the Amarillo Club. Can you compare, uh, just because I'm interested in this, can you compare maybe the mindset of people living here in Amarillo, Texas versus the mindset of people where you grew up? Uh, are there big differences in the way we look at the world or the way that we go about our lives? No, I think there's so many similarities. I don't look at the differences. I look at the similarities. Okay. I think uh, the town where I'm from is uh, people have, um, people want to make things happen for the next generations in my town as well from where i'm from and here as well we just getting the baseball park i mean the generation that is the people who are working towards this are going to enjoy it for the next 20 years but for the next 50 years or 40 years generations who are not even born are going to enjoy right. it it's a so decision not just for today but for 10 or 20 years down 20 the years road. down the line yes that's it so that's the similarities i see in the town where i'm from and from here as well and the thing um the other thing that I like about Amarillo is it's a very well-connected town. Everybody almost knows everybody. Uh, so people kind of respect other people's decisions. Sometimes, yes, you have differences, but most of the time people respect each other's decisions. And I think this uh, it's a, one of the bigger things. If you have to live in a small town and in a big community, I think that's one of the things. So the last thing I wanted to ask, I know that the name of the building that the Amarillo Club is housed in, you know, 30th and 31st floor, is changing. So we've known it as Chase Tower for a long time. Now it's First Bank Southwest. Southwest. First Bank Southwest is moving in the building, okay. and they're going to be in the lobby, and they have also going to put the names on the... So that that's the building thing that and they're going to moving in. So building. is that the only thing that's changing? That's Just the, the name and the uh, tenant at the, that's the bottom? That's it. We are a tenant in this building. We also don't own the two floors. We have two floors in this building, and uh, um, yeah, they also are tenant like us. Okay, so looking uh, a year or two from now, what do you hope that people will see when they ride the elevator up to the 30th or 31st floor? You're going to see improvements. You're going to see vast improvements. One of the things I just uh, wanted to talk about was you asked, what are you doing? Chef Trey is coming along as a consulting chef. It's one of the things, but we have so many uh, projects in our uh, books right now, which I'd don't think I can disclose, but I do think it's exciting times. That's all I can say. You're going to see difference in the way the Amarillo Club looks, the way it appears, and the perception, again, I said to you. So we're going to change all of that and, and make a, a very viable club, an approachable club for, for our citizens. 
And my kids are in high school and college. My parents are in their late 60s. Senior healthcare isn't on my radar right now. But there will come a point where I have to help family members make those kinds of decisions. And when that time comes, I'll turn to a long-trusted name for senior healthcare in Amarillo, Bivens. The upscale, hospitality-driven environment at Bivens Point delivers uncompromising rehab services through state-of-the-art methods. They guarantee a personal experience and outcomes that surpass your expectations. How do I know this? Well, both of my Amarillo grandparents spent time at Bivens Point. I've seen firsthand the culture there and their understanding that every patient is an individual who has unique needs. Their therapy team works with every patient, their family, and their healthcare provider to figure out the best care and treatment plan. When the goal is to return home, they work with family members to explore details about living arrangements and to help prepare them for discharge. But when the plan is to stay in their facility after therapy is complete, Bivens Point works side by side with the nursing staff so every patient can function at their highest possible level. This preserves the independence they so desperately want and the dignity they deserve. If you'd like to learn more about or to schedule a tour of the facilities, contact Becky Davis at 806-350-2206 or visit BivensPoint.org. Again, that's point with an E. Okay, I'm back with uh, Abby from the Amarillo Club. Abby, this is the part of the show I call Eight Straight. I'm going to ask you eight straight questions. Your yes. job as my guest is to yes. answer those in whatever degree of detail you want to. Yes. I may ask you a follow-up question based on what you say, but yes. uh, let's get into it. Other than your own, of course, what's your favorite restaurant in Amarillo? I like seafood, so I like to go to Scott's Oyster Bar. Okay. It's one of my favorite restaurants. I'm probably overdressed to go there all the time. <laughs> yeah, they look at me. It's not It's not necessarily a suit and tie establishment. <laughs> it's not, but that's all I'm wearing all the time. <laughs> I love Scott's Oyster Bar. They do a phenomenal it, job. Amarillo doesn't have a lot of great seafood places. No, but that's the best you can get here. Okay. So let's just support them, you know. <laughs> and if it's, if it's fried and everything, then even better. You'll be gone. Yeah. Okay. How do you describe Amarillo to family members or people back home, people outside the area? It's a big, small town. It's a community, self-sufficient community, in my opinion. Okay. And it's, uh, people say it's a city. It's not a city. It's a, it's a town where it's a self-sustainable community where people uh, do a, a lot of good things. Yeah. When you're talking to people like friends back in Scotland or back home in India, I mean, do, you, do they still have that uh, idea that it's the old west out here? You know, yeah, they're are, like... Uh, is there cows on the street? I'm like, no. Are there horses on the street? I'm like, no, they're not. Do you do you drive a car? Or do you take a horse to work? I'm yeah. like, I could drive my car to work. I don't take a horse. I mean, there's a perception there, but then when you come here, the realities are different. I mean, okay. What does this area have too much of? I'm going to be a little critical here. That's okay. It's too many unfinished projects. Okay. Uh, we've seen too many unfinished projects at the same time for the longest period of time. And when you drive past that, there's nobody working there. So, are we waiting for them to finish? So, like, or? unfinished construction projects? Yes, yes Or that yes. get started Unfin and then don't ever yes. go anywhere and for I a just while. feel, uh, yes, that's great if they're getting done, but then I'm pretty sure there's a timeline to it. I'm pretty sure there is something to it, and it's getting the citizens frustrated a little bit. You know, okay. people love this town, people want to spend time here, but then too many unfinished projects, construction projects especially, uh, a little bit frustrating, Okay, you know. What does this area not have enough of? As we are talking here, you can see it's <laughs> raining outside. Yeah, I don't know if you can hear it with the microphones, but about midway through our interview, it started raining. 
um, over on the eastern side of, of the office here in the building. So we've got rain hitting the window right now, which is great. I think uh, rain, of course. Uh, one of the things that I miss here and was great about Scotland and in India was street food. You mm-hmm. guys call it truck food, you know. In America, you call it truck food. But street food, I miss that here. I think if we can have a little bit more uh, developed truck food, something uh, almost sort of area or something, I would love to see that. In is, the is there a certain kind of street food that you like? Yeah. Uh, well, you can do uh, you can do street food in any cuisine. Right. You can do any cuisine, but I'll have Chinese, you know. Okay. You, you, they have these steamers on there on the table, and you there's dumplings they can just pick out from the tongs, and you can just... You don't have to go and sit down in a restaurant and wait right. 45 minutes for that. You know, it, it comes out in about three minutes and that's what I love. Now, Emerald has been, we, we have had more, you know, food trucks starting to develop over the last couple of years. Yes. So I feel like we're making some progress, but we're still about 10 years behind other places. Yes, uh, we've, seen, uh, we've seen progress and whenever we have time, I take the office staff out. Whenever downtown, if there is a truck over here, we'll just go and uh, have lunch there or something, uh, you know. We try, try and take advantage of whenever it's there, but it's not that often, you know. No. Hopefully, if it's more than that, and we, we'll, we'll be enjoying it more than that, yeah. Okay. When was the last time you ate at the Big Texan? You're not going to believe this. <laughs> so, I'm from India, and my religion is Hindu. I'm a Hindu. Okay. We don't eat beef. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm in the beef capital of the world with not eating beef. So, I've never been to the Big Texan. I've mm-hmm. never had a steak or a hamburger in my life. Okay. There, they may have some uh, non-beef items on the menu, but probably <laughs> not very much. No, that's what I think. The only thing I can eat in that restaurant is a cheesecake or a salad. Okay. That's fine, though. <laughs> Just order the cheesecake. Order the cheesecake, yeah. What's your favorite local coffee shop? Uh, Palace Coffee. I really like Palace Coffee. They do a phenomenal job. I really do follow them. They're right here on Polk Street. Yeah. Not far away. Not far away. And it's very convenient. But I have to say, as much as Amarillo is a a town of 200,000 population, we're very blessed to have very good coffee. I, I was surprised when I came here. We are very blessed to have some phenomenal coffee. And you know what? There's a good comp- There's a very healthy competition in all these roasters. Which you know who's benefiting? All the citizens right, of this town right. are benefiting of all this. And I think we are very blessed. Having said that, you should try a coffee at the Emerald Club. I promise you right now. It's we don't brew it. We don't do all that sophisticated stuff. But it is something about that coffee here. The Emerald Club people come here, take pictures of the. What's the brand? Where did you get this from? And it's frozen coffee from our vendors. It's not, we don't brew it. I promise you, Jason, take it'll, take it'll a stack up to yes. anything Palace is offering. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't uh-huh. know. I don't want to compare it to that because they do a phenomenal job. Okay. They do a different. But our coffee, there is something that our members just come up for a cup of coffee. I mean, they can go to anywhere. Right. But they come, of course, to see the club but they come to have a coffee which is frozen and they they think it's the best coffee in the world and i really like it as well you know okay yeah what's your favorite kind of amarillo weather is it the uh, summer that's a rainstorm tough question. that we're having right now <laughs> that's or? a tough question um i like winter here to be honest okay. with you. i know it's not a lot of people's favorite time of the year but i like winter uh, because you can get the best view of the snowfall from the amarillo club okay i promise you right now once i was sitting at sitting up the stairs in my office and it was snowing. It felt like it was snowing from the ground up. Wow. It did not feel like it was going down. It was coming up. It was magical to say the least. Yeah. How does the climate here compare to where you grew up? Night and day. Really? Night and day. Here is a little extreme weather. That's the way I call it. When I was in uh, in India, in Missouri, it was a beautiful weather. 
I mean, it rained a lot. It did because it's uh, in the altitude and monsoon was a little bit harsh on us. But it was beautiful. Hmm. A lot of greenery around you because it rained a lot. But then uh, people got used to it. It was not that hot. It was not that hot. The hottest day of the year was 28 degrees Celsius. Okay. I don't know how much of that is Fahrenheit. Which I'm is, still, I'm it's still, a, that's about 90 or so Fahrenheit if well, that my was calculations are right. I don't but know. But that's that the hottest are. day. Okay. Yeah. That's fairly nice. Then. That's a beautiful, I mean, it's a beautiful day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Other than your location, which is at the top of the largest building in Amarillo, the highest building in Amarillo, what's your favorite downtown building? I mean, if you look out of the window, Jason, right here, the Plaza 2 of the Amarillo National, right. it's a beautiful building. I really have to say that. It's a beautiful building. So I mean, it's the modern building, it's modern reflective glass, lots of angles, Amarillo National Bank's Plaza 2 building. Plaza 2, yes. Yes. I re- but also the Amarillo Globe News, I really like that performing arts. It's a, it's okay. a, it's a very uh, useful destination in town. A lot, of, lot, lot goes on there. A lot goes, uh, the board puts a lot of hard work to put things together there and really supportive about that. And Abby, that concludes my eight straight questions. I like to end the show by asking my guests to endorse something related to the area. So what's something that you would want listeners to know about or to experience here? I, um, I wake up every morning and I go to a gym. I go to Nick's Fight Club. Okay. Everybody thinks it's Fight Club. It's all about boxers, big fighters. No, it's, it's, it's a different concept. It's a fantastic concept. And I mean, I'm in love with it. I, I I cannot start my day without hitting some bags and 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 doing some exercise and 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 doing the boxing style exercise, which is full intense cardio, gets you in shape for the for a good day ahead. So Nick's Fight Club, they have two locations right now. Uh, please go and check them out. How long have you been a member there? I've been a member for a year. Okay. Steve Steve Nicholson, he does a phenomenal job. He and his team, people who have not seen Nick's Fight Club. I do, I, do, I do say it's an hour class. You don't just go there and do everything. It's an hour class on every hour. Uh, you are paying your dues for a trainer in all of a sense. You're getting pushed to your limits. And that's where you, you're going to see improvements coming. Abby Sonkar, thank you for being on the Hey Amarillo podcast. I appreciate it. Jason, thank you. It's my pleasure. And that concludes the episode. I want to say thanks to Bivens Point for sponsoring the show and to Abby Sonkar for sitting down with me on the 30th floor of the tallest building in Amarillo to talk about his history and about the changes coming to the Amarillo Club. You can learn more at amarilloclub.net. And as far as this podcast goes, learn more about it at heyamarillo.com. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter at heyamarillo, on Instagram at Podcast, where you can see photos of me with every one of my guests. And then give us a shout on social media if, if you appreciate the show. Leave a review if you like it. So help other people discover the show. Anyway, thanks for listening. My name is Jason Boyette, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>